It is Tuesday. That means it's time for Mobility Makers, brought to you by Bridgestone. No matter what the next generation of mobility will be, it will be on wheels, and Bridgestone will be there. Bridgestone, solutions for your journey. It is turning into one of the top automotive events of any year, and that isn't its sole purpose for existing. I'm talking about CES 2023 uh, coming up on January 5th, we will be attending. The WJR crew will be there. We'll be live uh, for two days. We're joined by Gary Shapiro, president and CEO of the Consumer Technology Association, the producer and empresario of CES 2023. Gary, hello. Hi, guys. Great to have, to be talking to you. Uh, so it is funny to me that I will get almost as much automotive information out of this show as I did out of a, a recent automotive uh, auto show. Let's talk a little bit about that. We've got a major introduction coming from Stellantis under the Ram truck nameplate. Absolutely. We have uh, Stellantis doing one of the featured keynotes as well as um, BMW. Um, and the auto portion of CES is, is the largest we've ever had. There's some 300 companies. It's filling the brand-new building in Las Vegas Convention Center. And there's spillovers outside and, and into the central hall area of the show. It's just auto is hot. There's a lot going on there. And, and this is not like uh, the Detroit Auto Show. Others. This is not a public event. It's only open to people with a business interest in media like yourself. And it's, the, it's more of the whole ecosystem. So we'll not only have the big names that you – talk about the car companies but the tier one tier two suppliers like continental and bosch and johnson and others will be there uh you know because it's an ecosystem now it's technology right. it's the entertainment and the cards everything else it's there well you've also become a haven for the startups and for interesting new J- joint ventures and that for instance i mean we've got this this very interesting marriage between sony and honda and they've teased us that they've got something to say well, yeah, there's a lot of people have things to say, a lot of uh, big announcements, you know, with four to 5,000 press at CES and over 100,000 people in Las Vegas in just two weeks. There's a lot, and it's a big focus on mobility. It's not only uh, electric, which we're seeing so much of, but self-driving, as well as other forms of mobility. We even have a, a, a portion of the show dedicated to water transportation, electric boats, things like that. The the big coverall, though, is sustainability and and various uh, United Nations affiliated securities or rights that we're, we're talking about. So there's a 3,000 companies we just hit today, actually, that are exhibiting. Uh, we're up about 70% of where we were last year, or actually this year, 22 CES in January. Uh, so 23, i got to get used to saying that, 23 CES is going to start with a really great, forward-looking, optimistic event, especially in mobility. And you, you, you touched on this idea that human security is kind of the theme of this show. And, but we're not talking about ring doorbells or, or any kind of life lock alarms. This is about sustainability and John Deere when it comes to food security and sustainability. They're going to have a big announcement. Absolutely. They are doing our, our opening keynote. And I look forward to introducing the CEO because they've been in the CES a while uh, and they love it because what they're showing off is the fact that, that using technology now, their tractors can go 24 hours a day, use the Internet, and get a lot more food out there to, to sustain a population, frankly. And, and they focus on technology in a similar way that Delta Airlines. Uh, Ed Bastian will be there as well. That, there's mobility. Um, he'll be speaking about what Delta is doing to be a, a tech company. And, and so many others. Though. The chip suppliers will be there, of course, and I think there'll be a greater uh, cross Crossing between the, the auto booths and the chip booths, 
uh, where the CEOs and others would be talking <laughs> to each other because they need that relationship that perhaps they didn't have before. Chips were viewed as just a low-cost component, and now they're viewed as a vital component. And, and the chip companies are showing their future. They're showing things that are three or four years away. And they're also, the, you know, they're in the business of selling things also. And increasingly, the technology is what part of makes an automobile different. And what we've seen in the last few years of the pandemic is car companies have gone in different directions. You know, some are focusing on self-driving, some are focusing on technology, some are focused on electric. And there's more action going on in the mobility area than perhaps any other area. Well, and I wanted to ask you about that. You penned a, a marvelous op-ed in the Detroit News talking about AVs. Um, just because they aren't in our garage yet doesn't mean that that future isn't already here. Just touch on some of the things that you wanted to highlight there. Absolutely. You know, I love the Detroit area, the Detroit News, and your radio station because I live in Detroit the Detroit area and have for almost 20 years now. Um, but what I'm talking about is self-driving vehicles is really important. And that's where I think the U.S. is falling a little bit behind, frankly, because of our government. Uh, we're competing with China and other countries, and they have national strategies. We, we have had one under uh, Trump and under Obama. Under the Biden administration, they've gone very slow. They've shifted a lot of energy to electric. And meanwhile, we're falling behind because 50 states are creating 50 different laws. You have to change out what you're doing as you go from one state to another. Uh, the trial lawyers have taken over. They want their piece in legislation. It went through the entire House almost unanimously a few years ago. It's not even being voted on now because we have the trial lawyers saying we want to, you know, we make a lot of money off car accidents. We want to slow this down as much as possible. We want to get there and be able to sue people and get our money in, which just takes, you know, we all pay higher insurance premiums, and it's, it's not helpful. You know, 40,000 people died last year in the U.S. from car accidents. Hundreds of thousands were injured, and we could avoid almost all of that because it's mostly human error. We're heading in that direction. Obviously, Detroit's doing a great job of moving towards self-driving. There's, you know, active uh, collision avoidance in many cars and mm -hmm. passive and probably most, and that's cut, that should be cutting down. We'll see that in statistics soon. Um, but we, we're not, we could go all the way there. And, uh, you know, we're focused on electric, which makes a lot of sense. But we have to acknowledge, you know, electricity comes from somewhere, and it does usually come from fossil fuels. We, we don't have the infrastructure there yet, but we do have, we have to move there. And, and the challenge is the advantage of self-driving is not only cutting down on death and injury, it's also, frankly, removing a lot of the cost out of the car. If you don't have the driver elements in it, you could turn your car into entertainment, to sleeping, to an office environment. You could do so many things, and there's so many great ideas that are out there, and so many startups are, are getting involved and, and established companies. We're seeing that, and we'll see it at CES with over 300 exhibitors of uh, auto products, whether it's electric, self-driving, or, or even more traditional parts of way of making the cars better. We were there last year, and as usual, we were blown away in, in so many aspects. One was health. I mean, the, the, Abbott Labs is there with a test that you could give to a football player and give you uh, almost instant analysis as to whether or not they've sustained a concussion. We saw incredibly affordable hearing aids and things like that ahead of now what is the rule that you can buy them over the counter what's generating buzz in that health sector that, that uh that's got you excited well absolutely three years of pandemic and a huge amount of innovation the world's focused on the health tech area is one of the hottest areas of the show uh there's the things you talk about will still be there abbott has done a phenomenal job they keynoted last year uh, they're showing great products, but a lot of other things that, you know, that it just became legal to sell hearing aids over the counter, the way eyeglasses are sold. We've worked on that for almost 10 years to get that through Congress. And, you know, the hearing aid monopoly is a big deal. But, you know, companies like uh, Sony has is, is just announced a, a partnership selling hearing aids over the counter with a major hearing uh, aid supplier or retail, which is great. So we're taking a 
this is important for literally tens of millions of Americans who can't afford hearing aids or they don't want the, the, the image that's associated with it. So having a Sony name on there will make it cool again. But lots of other companies are doing that. There's a lot of diagnosis, remote diagnosis. You know, you have a shortage of doctors. Mm-hmm. In this country, they're exhausted from COVID. We're not producing any more thanks to Congress banning new doctors 20 years ago. So we have a fixed number for over two decades now. And with shortage of nurses, we have to come up with ways to remote monitor, do telehealth. Teledoc will be there big. We have all sorts of uh, conferences and panels. We have a record number of members of Congress. We have a lot of people coming from Michigan, especially. Uh, the lieutenant governor is coming. Michigan uh, members are coming. We have a lot of, obviously, companies and people. The Detroit to Las Vegas flights, I think, are going to be pretty full. Well, and, and finally, we can't uh, leave the discussion without talking about flat screens and cons- the consumer electronics that we all hold in our hand. Anything on that front? We know they keep getting bigger, clearer, and thinner. Absolutely. And, and you know, we, we worry about inflation, but you want to look at something where inflation is, uh, is actually deflation. It's consumer technology, whether it's smartphones or TV sets. They are a great deal right now. And that's what uh, I think it's, it's great for the American story, the American economy. But we have the flatter, flatter screens that are better. They're more interactive. They're smarter televisions. They go in different places. They cut down on uh, environmental uses. They cut down on energy. And, of course, there's so many things now where you hook up things to your devices together to get things done when you want, whether it's smart loudspeakers or different electronics that you could put in your home. A lot of people have done some great things in their homes and their cars lately. And it's all about these, these semiconductor chips, which have gotten relatively cheap. And the fact that sensing devices, which are in every smartphone, are produced in the billions now. So they've gone down to a few pennies apiece. And entrepreneurs all over are coming up with great things. In fact, we'll have over 1,000 startups in Eureka Park where they'll be talking about things from all over the world. And um, we will, we will be things. there, and we look forward to it all, and we can't wait to see you, Gary. And I look forward to seeing you there. Thank you very much for coming, Guy.